And I'm Sean Grigsby, your host for Cosmic Dragon, a podcast all about science fiction and fantasy books. Y'all, today I am talking to Ryan Kirk. He is published with 47 North, which uh, has published a lot of cool people. And uh, you'll hear more about that in just a second. In the meantime, before we jump into that, I do want to let you know that Ash Kickers, my most recent novel, is coming out July 9th, 2019. This is the sequel to Smoke Eaters. It's firefighters versus dragons versus a phoenix. The action, the pacing, the emotion is cranked to 11. So please pre-order it now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Powell's. It's a Publishers Weekly starred-reviewed book. And I hope you really enjoy it. In the meantime, I'm going to bounce out. Let's get into our interview with Ryan Kirk. Uh, Yeah, I'm actually a little bit hybrid. I'm mostly independent, but I also uh, work with 47 North as well. Awesome. Okay, cool. So so do you have some novels published with them? I do, yeah. They actually... uh, The works that I'm most well known for are the Nightblade books. Right. And... They have actually picked up and published uh, two of those to date. Awesome, and so you're so you're hitting it from both sides of it. <laughs> so that that takes a lot of work and a lot of energy, and uh, it's obviously your full time gig. But you used to be an English teacher, <laughs> like many writers. That is also true. Yep, yep. So uh, do you, I mean which is harder? I guess being a teacher <laughs> or, or being a full time oh, writer and runner of your own publishing company uh being a teacher 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i can i can vouch for that i did some substitute teaching back in the day oh man now there that is a job that takes balls oh i hate I, uh, my whole thing was i come in there you know and i'd say okay kids <laughs> this is what your teacher wants you to do if you sit down and do it quietly and let me read or, or work on my book we're cool and after you get done I don't care if you listen to music, just strap in your headphones, you know, talk quietly. I don't care. You know, I try to be the cool sub, but also like, you know, doing my job. And heck, let me read. If I have to look up for my book, I said, (laughs) someone's going to the principal's office. I did a short period of subbing as I was searching for gainful employment. And those were two of the roughest months of my life. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, (laughs) but you need them, you know? Yeah. So. No, they are they are saints who walk among us. I think. So, what books did you want to talk about today on Cosmic Dragon? What 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 are we promoting? Uh, I was kind of hoping of promoting actually the works that have come out through Forty Seven North. Awesome, um, absolutely. Not too recently, just yeah. wrapped up that trilogy, and uh, yeah, good time for people to get into it. That's all. Forty Seven North is awesome, um, and they're up there with any other publisher, but the benefit with them for listeners who might not know is that they're basically ran by Amazon. So not only do you have this like traditional, uh, angle, but you have all the power of like Amazon sales and stuff. Cause they push their books very, very well, obviously on their own platform. They even do, uh, for prime members, first reads every month. Yep that you can read for free if you're a prime member. So that's pretty cool. So like what's the experience been working with them? I can tell you that working with them has been one of the most pleasant experiences of my life. Uh, I feel like all too often you hear horror stories of publishers that didn't 
uh, accept input from authors on covers or uh, blurbs or product descriptions or anything like that. And I would say 47 North is the opposite of all of those horror stories. Uh, they are fantastic at listening to feedback. Uh, everything that happened like went by me through every stage of the process, which I thought was really unique and really cool. Yeah. And being a part of Amazon, they just have reporting tools that I don't think any author would ever dream of having in any other circumstance. So right. it's really, really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And they have a nice presence at uh, Emerald City Comic Con, uh, They at least when I went uh, was mm-hmm. it two years ago. Um, because, I mean, they, they've published you, they've published Marco Kluse, uh tons of people. So Yeah, they, they have been absolutely fantastic to work with, and I would highly recommend it. Have you gotten out to Seattle at all? I have not. Uh, I, I recommend it. Dismay. My favorite city. Oh, Even if you don't is, go for business, definitely just go for vacation. It's awesome. It is one of like 100,000 places on the planet that I want to visit. Yeah, on the bucket, on the bucket <laughs> list. I gotcha. So, did you broker your deal with Forty Seven North yourself, or do you have an agent? I um, did the uh, smart and wise thing. Uh, I hope you can hear the sarcasm in my voice there. And did it my did it myself. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, no, they. I was very very fortunate in that. Uh, a couple of years ago, some of my books did really, really well, which brought me to their attention. And uh, yeah, they approached me. And after talking with them for a while, I just thought they were a really good match to continue the work of the Nightblade world. And uh, yeah, then you had the typical publisher author courtship. And here we are. Awesome. That that doesn't happen to many people. <laughs> no, Honestly. It, it absolutely does not, and every single day I uh, count count my lucky stars for the way things have turned out. I, When I first published uh, independently, my whole goal was to maybe be able to afford enough uh, or have enough money to take my wife out for like McDonald's once a month. <laughs> and uh, yeah, four years later, I get to do it full time, and there's no greater joy. Yeah, man. That's the dream. That's awesome. So I'm to understand then that the Nightblade series started out self-published then? Yeah, it was indeed. I uh, was actually doing it while I was working with nonprofits and I'd wake up every morning and write a thousand words and then go into work, have the rest of my life. And yeah, decided to publish it was so scared that I actually hopped on a plane and left the country. So there was no chance of me checking the internet for the next five days. Right. And yeah, when I came back, I sold like six books and I was blown away. That's awesome. Did you do any marketing for it or did it just kind of take off by itself? I actually did not. Uh, I am the true unicorn of the publishing industry. And it was one of those things where the sales just caught. They grew slowly and organically and eventually got to the point where Amazon caught onto it and started pushing it. And yeah, it was a roller coaster ride from there. 
so what's your process like as far as writing? I know you mentioned that you had been doing it a thousand words and then you'd go off to work, but now that you're full time, what, what does a typical day or at least the one you <laughs> hope for you strive for? Cause I know your, your, uh, your kid is asleep right now while we're recording this podcast <laughs> so, and I understand. So like, what, what do you do now that works for you? <clears throat> well, uh, I would say I've been doing this for four years and I've probably gone through maybe 20 or 30 different routines and setups, uh, depending on the needs of the family and the needs of the kids and all of that. But I do spend a lot of my day uh, raising a beautiful two-year-old daughter. Uh, I am very fortunate that both her and my wife uh, are people who like to stay up late and sleep in in the morning. And so uh, my process is literally wake up at about 4.35 every morning, sit down, uh, start writing, and I don't really do word counts or anything anymore. I just sit down, I write until my time is up, uh, which is whenever the child gets up, usually about 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then I have to go be a parent for a little while until she goes down for her nap. And then it's uh, either do writing or run the business side of things, do marketing and advertising and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not that type of uh, get up in in the morning type of person. <laughs> I'm definitely the stay up late, sleep in. So, I mean, my kids wake me up. You know, <laughs> we're hungry. I ah, know you're not. <laughs> so I couldn't do that. No, I I always laugh when my wife and I first started dating. It was the exact opposite. I was working overnight shifts at a group home, and. Uh, she was working in a coffee shop. So she was getting up at four or five in the morning to go to work. And I just got into bed like an hour or two before. And now here we are, you know, 12 years later and the story has reversed. Yeah. Uh, so would you consider yourself a pantser, a plotter or what they say, an architect versus a, <laughs> a, a gardener? Yeah. You know, I have, uh, I've experimented with both. I've doubled with both or dabbled with both. And I think at the end of the day, I really come down on the side of pantsing. Uh, as much fun as it is to construct a huge and intricate plot, uh, at the end of the day, the thing I have the most fun doing is just uh, sitting down and being like, okay, what's going to happen next? It sounds like fun. Yeah, that's how I do it. It's more of a journey yes. for me, you know, like nothing against people who like to plot every single detail out, but it, that, that doesn't sound fun to me. It sounds like work. I'm not in this to work. Have you ever tried plotting? Uh, see, I mean, if I, I could say yes, but what people, other people would consider plotting, they'd look at my little scribbling notes and be like, that's not plotting, you know, that's yeah. just organized I pantsing. Out, I typed out 15 words as an outline. It was good, right? Right. Like, I think the closest I've ever come to actually outlining or plotting is that I would make some bullet points either on a, a sticky on my computer or handwritten to where it's like, okay, this is what I want to do in this chapter. It would never be for the whole book. Um, it would just be for that chapter, that scene, or whatever I wanted to write for that period of time. But I haven't even done that, you know, because it's more fun to just sit down. I go, I read over what I wrote uh, the last time I, I wrote 
now, what I do now, I have my alpha smart here in front of me. I go all the way to the top of the chapter. And I, I, as I work through the chapter, I go back, I reread the entire chapter, fix little stuff here and there. And also to get myself back into the story and then take off until I end that chapter. And then I'll start another one. Um, but that no. sounds very similar to what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it's more, it's more, it feels more creative. I mean, you're going to have to fix this stuff later. You know, why give yourself a mm-hmm. headache at the beginning? This is the fun <laughs> part. This is the, you know, even if you have a deadline, this is the, the stress-free part. The stress comes later <laughs> with the edits. It's just so funny how different people react to that. I feel like I know plenty of authors who, when they even consider the idea of trying to write something and not knowing how it's going to end, they get heart palpitations and they start sweating and they need to sit down. And right. I'm just sitting here like, man, if you knew how the story ends, how boring would that be? It's right. like typing out something you already know. I mean, as the writer, you're basically the first reader. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's if it if it's boring to you, it'll be boring to somebody else. Or a lot of exactly. even a whole lot more people. Um yeah, I just I like to just like I wrote a, a detective noir, robot uh detective Ooh. noir. Yeah. And uh I didn't it was a mystery. It was science fiction, it was lots of stuff, but you know, there's there was a mystery i didn't know what the hell (laughs) who did it you know it starts with a dead body i didn't know who did it let's find out that's that's my whole take on it didn't they hear wasn't that what uh like agatha Agatha christie did agatha christie that sounds like something she'd said i feel like i've heard a story about her saying like she just gave you like three great possibilities and then only decided at the very end who it was actually going to be right yeah, and that's that's fun to me. It's like you know, because as you're writing, like I don't know, explaining it to people who don't write or haven't been writing is is I don't think they get it. But it's like you, you're just going along and you're making this thing, and then all of a sudden this idea just pops in your head. It happened to me last night. This idea just pops in your head. And you're like, holy shit! Yes, that's exactly right? what I want to do, and that's totally like because you had an idea of what you wanted to do. You kind of had, but then when this idea comes, it completely transforms the scene or the chapter into this thing. You're like, oh my God, that's way better than what I initially thought. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's a process and I like it. I like, I like being a pantser. I'm proud and of those it. Those are some of the most fun moments of the writings when you, you had one idea in your head and then you're writing, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's right. it. Exactly. And I do that sometimes, like, where if I've come up with an, like, uh, Robots Don't Cry started as an idea for a short story I was going to do. And I just couldn't figure out how to do a word. And it completely transformed, but the the core premise was still there, and it just blossomed in, into this novel. And then I've since sold the story based on that book. Um, so, yeah, it's just this, it's, man, you, use what you can. And, you know, I, I use elements from, like, my first novels, the trunked ones, into the stuff I'm writing now. Because I know I'm never going to publish those other ones. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your books. So the Nightblade series, w- what is this about? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the idea that I was really, really obsessed with was kind of related to power and politics and government. And the idea of, um, you know, if you're in a world where a small subset of the population is magically gifted, but it gives them abilities, you know, above and beyond what most people have. How do they actually exist in society 
And what happens when this magically gifted group has very different ideas of what society should look like as opposed to everybody else? Um, that was kind of the idea that I started with. And it was just really, really fun to run with. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the image I'm getting is like a fantasy medieval X-Men. Is that is that kind of like, am, am I way off here with that? No, <laughs> that not close? at all. Not at all. I feel like you can find a lot of the same themes. And I'm a huge fan of the X-Men comics, so that would totally make sense. Ah, okay. It was subconscious. There you go. <laughs> it happens. Oh, yeah. Every, everything you encounter gets into your writing at some point in time, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I just have the weird thing of like noticing it, but then we're like, eh, ah, whatever. And then I just like, <laughs> I, I go, no, I'm going to totally, I'm totally going to uh, work this for everything it, it, it has. Um, but that sounds cool. So it's a trilogy. Um, did you mm -hmm. know that going in that you were going to only do three books or did you kind of leave it yeah, open for yourself? I do. I have this particular problem where I have a personal pet peeve against a series that overstays its welcome. And so I have always attempted to keep my series limited to three because I get nervous about the liberties I would allow myself if I didn't set some sort of cap on myself. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. I kind of felt that way with uh, my smoke eater series. Cause I was like, talking to people about potentially doing more than three books and I'm like I just don't know what else to do with dragons <laughs> you know you can only fight so many dragons and I th like this second book that's coming out it has a phoenix in it you know and I have an idea for the third book but then that's it that's all I want to do like that's all I have in me I mean I don't know <laughs> how you know I've already done I've already done all this stuff I'm done with it let's move on let's write about yeah, aliens and stuff it's terribly difficult because then, of course, you have the people who buy the books and love the books who want to see more of the books. Right. And my response has always been like, I'm out of ideas, you guys. <laughs> like, I wrote uh, everything I knew how to write. Right. I, you know, I, I used to tell myself that if I could write standalones only for the rest of my career, I'd be cool with it. But then again, <laughs> then again, some stuff you're like, no, this is this is either going to be a huge story in and of itself that I'm going to have to break into different parts, or I really enjoyed this world and I have an idea for another one. But outside of that, I'm not going to sit down and like be coaxed into writing something just because you know there's demand for it. Because yeah. then you're just like you're kind of a sellout <laughs> if you do that. I uh, I am in the midst of an experiment to try and uh, have my cake and eat it too. Oh, yeah? Where with the series that I'm currently in the middle of that is not completed at all, uh, I'm trying to write three books that each stand alone but all exist inside the same world. And some of the characters may show up in one book uh, or more than one book. But there's no guarantee. There's no, there's no character arc that spans multiple books, and I'm really curious to see how that does with readers. Yeah, I mean, it's all about experimenting. And so, what what has been the best interaction with readers so far to oh. the series? Like, what 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 are the things they say that you really enjoy, or that that's <laughs> like, oh, okay. 
this, yes, you get it. Uh, there have been uh, two readers in particular that have uh, given me just an incredible amount of joy. Uh, one of them is a United States military veteran who uh, told me that he read my book uh, over and over and over while he was overseas and it got him through his deployment. Oh, that's nice. And so that was really, really cool and really great to hear. Uh, <clears throat> but perhaps my personal favorite reader is a gentleman who lives in the United Kingdom. And uh, he's a little bit of an older gentleman. I would guess probably somewhere in his 50s, maybe early 60s. But he is a huge martial arts enthusiast and loves the fight sequences in the books. But the dude is a badass. Like <laughs> He's like working on getting his splits right now. He talks about like his flexibility routine and the different martial arts that he's studying. And he like stopped a group of muggers three months ago. And he was just telling me all about this. I'm like, dude, you are way cooler than I am. This is awesome. Was this Chuck Norris? Is that, is that what we're... <laughs> I mean, maybe if Chuck Norris shaved, uh, a little bit less reliance on roundhouse kicks, but yeah, very similar. Splits are tough for any for anybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and just to I, have that gumption when you're like not young and agile is just incredible to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressive. hoping that like when I hit that age, they'll have like uh, bionics that they can put on you. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. You know? Yeah. That'd, that'd be cool. I re- <laughs> I'm a firefighter. I stay fit. I, I have to. But uh, it'd still be cool to have a, a robot arm. So <laughs> where where can people find you and your books? Um, The paperbacks are available uh, anywhere you want. You can go to your library, request them to order them. Uh, you can go to any bookstore in the world and ask for the paperbacks. Uh, for the digital products, uh, Amazon is definitely the place to go. Just look up Ryan Kirk and I will pop right up for you. Awesome. So uh, I'm going to introduce a new segment to the podcast. So you're the first one to experience it. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> uh, and we do this, uh, or we're going to be doing this uh, at the end of every show. And uh, it's called What We're Reading. And uh, oh. yeah, I'll I'll start with you and I'll say... Hey, Ryan Kirk, tell us what you're reading. <laughs> well, I also have this problem where I can never read a single book at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm always juggling at least two or three books. But uh, the two that I am reading right now are uh, The Peripheral by William Gibson. Ah, SFF Grandmaster. Or Sifla, Sifla oh, Grandmaster, I should say. I have been in love with that man for a very long time he is absolutely amazing <laughs> yeah i saw that he was at the nebulas uh this weekend which i was very oh. jealous of everyone who went uh, i've been i've been looking at pictures of the nebulas being like well that looks really fun <laughs> yeah i mean it looks even more fun than worldcon which i did right? get to go to like are, are i don't you know worldcon this year no <laughs> you're not making the trip over to ireland well Many things. For one, um, I went to Ireland last February. So, mm. yeah. 
So it's like, well, I've already been there. I mean, and I liked Ireland. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but that's a lot of money. Now, if I got nominated for the uh, the Campbell Award or something else, yeah, I would have mm-hmm. made it happen. I'd, I'd go over there. But uh, New Zealand, though, I haven't been to New Zealand. I I've actually got my eye on it. Like you, I've also been to Ireland. I wasn't sure it was going to work with my calendar to go this year. Yeah. But next year, man, I have my eye on that because I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Yeah, man. I, I might try for it. I might try for New Zealand. It's expensive. So, <laughs> you know, I'd rather say, okay, I've been to New Zealand now that I haven't been before, as opposed to, well, that was expensive and I've already been to Ireland. <laughs> Much love to Ireland. Much love to any of my oh, Irish I listeners. I love Ireland to death, but I just couldn't afford it this time around. <laughs> So uh, I okay. totally, totally understand you. Totally understand you. Back to the books. You're, you're, so you're reading uh, William Gibson. Yep, reading William Gibson. And then the other book that I'm reading right now is actually Memories of Ice, the third book in the Malazan series uh, by Stephen Erickson. I keep hearing about this series, and I, I've yet to even attempt to read it. Um, a it lot is of, an ambitious undertaking. Yeah? <laughs> to, to read it? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at... Uh, 10 books that are each an awful lot of pages. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't, doesn't always bug me. Um, because you, you have authors like my friend, Scott Lynch, you know, it, it's, those are huge books. The gentleman bastard series. Those are mm-hmm. huge books, but they're written in a way to where it's not like, Oh God, I got to read all of this. You know, it's, it's very, I, I guess, Big big books are intimidating to begin with for a lot of people, but especially when like the writing is also difficult <laughs> because yeah. that'd be tough to read like five pages of, let alone five hundred. And one of the delights of the digital revolution is you can actually buy the entire ten book series on Amazon as a Kindle book. No kidding. And yeah, and so you save. I don't know, fourteen, fifteen dollars over buying each of the ten individually, right? Uh, but it has been hilarious to read it on Kindle because I think it equates to something like eleven thousand pages Good on grief. your Kindle device. And so I can be sitting there reading for like an hour or two, flipping through just you know hundreds of pages, and if I'm lucky, maybe that progress bar will increase one percent. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I have to shut that off, man. Sometimes I have to shut that feature off at the bottom because if if it's on there, I'm gonna make I'm gonna turn it into some kind of weird like race, which is not mm-hmm. the best atmosphere to enjoy a book. You know, just sitting there going, "Okay, I finished a chapter." Dead gummit, I've only you know gone like two percent. <laughs> you know, because I, I yep, yep. if you if you read fifteen uh, percent of any book, you'll have it read in a week. Yep. Um, but I hate doing that to myself and I wonder why I don't just shut that stuff off and just enjoy the book. It's not a race, but I shut it off on the bottom. But then whenever I close the book to switch between books, you always get that percentage marker in there. Yeah. It's always just that moment of excitement where when you're reading that larger book, it's like, ah, did I increase 1% or not today? And the books Um, where you are surprised how far you've gone. Those those are the winners. Those are the five yes. star like I'm gonna remember this book forever. Might even read it again. Kind. My, I think favorite experience in terms of being absolutely befuddled by the progress marker was when I was reading uh, Way of Shadows by Brent Weeks. Mm-hmm. 
And he does just such an excellent job of just layering tension upon tension upon tension. And I got to the point and I swore to God that I was getting like a hundred pages away from the finale at most. And then I remember closing the book and it was like 48%. And I was like, you have got to be shitting me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a big book too. It's like five, 600 pages in the paperback format. This book is so intense. How can it possibly get any more intense for another 50%? It just blew me away. Yeah, I like that book a lot. It was good stuff. Um, What are you reading? I'm reading an ARC, uh, which is an advanced reader copy for those who didn't know out there, uh, of uh, a book called Dragon Slayer by Duncan M. Hamilton. And uh, it's from Tor Books. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, It's very, it's got a very old school fantasy feel. Um, Oh, nice. However, it, it's it's written very just unpretentious, and so it's very easily read. And but it, it's got that old school vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like it's about it's basically about a dragon that gets awoken. Uh, you actually get to read the perspective of the dragon, oh, which I thought was interesting. You know, it's not just this you know uh, catastrophe happening over the mountain that you have to go kill. Um, and there's a little bit of political intrigue and, you know, introducing an order of mages, even though the people like hate witches and and magic and all that stuff. Um, but there's, there's little things that happen. That's kind of like, okay, this has the vibe of old school fantasy, but it's still not like, it's got some, some, Hmm. I wouldn't necessarily call them twists, but, uh, more of a modern, twang to him i guess would be better kind of plays with expectations a little bit yeah and uh like you don't just hear about the dragon like burning down a village like Mm. you you get it first person or first dragon perspective (laughs) on torching like whole like a whole village and i mean like kids old people everybody and it's like oh okay well this is (laughs) this this isn't tame um but yeah I'm, i'm really enjoying it so I get a lot of books on my Kindle and it's like, I have to start reading a few, like, or I read the sample and then that one will just pop out and go, okay, this is the one I'm going to be reading now. So that's what I'm reading. And, uh, Ryan, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, we've told everyone where they can find your books, which is pretty much anywhere. Um, I mean, it's 47 North. They got it all over the place. Um, and you probably could pick up a, a good deal on it. Um, on Amazon, do do you have any plans, or do they have any plans of doing like an omnibus with all three books? Uh, we have not talked about that yet. The third one just came out, and so uh, yeah, we will have to see. Awesome, Ryan. Thanks so much for coming on Cosmic Dragon. You are more than welcome to come back. Hey, thanks so much for having me, and uh, enjoy the rest of your books.